Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, folks. And we've got we've got kind of two uh, subjects today, and because uh, neither one of us prepared as much as we wanted to for a whole show for that subject. So um, we'll split the time into two. One is... Um, little bit more about Bitcoin because we we said a couple weeks ago that we were going to address that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and kind of some of the problems that come up with these especially Bitcoin because that's the most popular one Um, they seem to be trying to move another one into its place but nobody's really adopting it the way a lot of people adopted Bitcoin and which one is that is that the one the, we talked about? Like last the Dogey Coin, the, Doggy the Coin, Doggy Coin, um, whatever. Yeah, the and, and there's style. a couple other ones. It, if you get a crypto wallet, you'll usually notice that it accepts several kinds of uh, currencies, but it still seems like Bitcoin, and there's actually two kinds of Bitcoin now, uh, is the most popular still. Um, the other subject i i'm not even real sure how to describe this um here we are in america and i guess we think of this as a country for god at least christians do but or at least we used to i mean even at this point most of us would accept the notion that this is no longer a christian country a lot of people would say it never was um but I, I think it was. If you if you look at when at the start of America, there was a very small Catholic presence. Um, there were some states who even wouldn't allow Catholic churches to be. I think Virginia, uh, you couldn't. I don't think there were any Catholics in Virginia. They couldn't build a Catholic church. If I remember the history right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> but it. Catholics started coming here because of the freedom of religion, and they really flourished. I mean, the Catholic Church got bigger than all the other churches. And if you 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 can kind of see what's happening in a culture by the buildings that they're building, and you see these giant uh, churches going up, these huge, beautiful churches that are almost comparable to the big churches in Europe. Um, they're made a little bit cheaper, and they're not quite as decorative, but they're nice churches. Even here in Chiviet, there's, you know, there's just St. Martin's Church right up the street from me. It's a huge church, and it's it's got a lot of decoration on it. It's beautiful. But yeah, yeah. Uh, over the past 15 years, that uh, parish has shrunk. To At this point, I don't understand where they're getting any money. <laughs> It's almost comical when you go to mass there, isn't it? Um, I, I got yeah. in there, met you know, a few times in the last year, and it, it's like it's almost like 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 one of those tropes of like humor tropes at a at a college where you've got a lecture hall that's you know might hold like three hundred people, and you've got maybe a dozen scattered throughout listening to some professor yeah. drone on. It it has that feel to it. Because the attendance is down so far. Yeah. And this is pre-COVID. I'm not talking about 
pandemic or anything like that. Right. Yeah, and there were uh, there were some there were some decisions made. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's specific, specifically because of it's just kind of following the rest of the culture. But there were also some decisions made by the pastors at St. Martin's, not the guy who's there now, but the, some of the ones in the past that mm-hmm. really ticked well, most of the parishioners off. Something gets screwed up. Your computer? Yeah. Sometimes it looks like it froze, and then you find out you've been recording the whole time. It does look that way. But if you go ahead and stop it, and then you can worry about uh, saving those files later, and then restart a new okay, one, so I'll figure it stop out. Stop saving... As the technology has advanced, for especially you know to put everything on a phone, to put everything in, some of these sites are so incredibly overcoded. I don't get it. It's like the the whole idea of um, websites was to kind of have the text there and tell a little bit of how that text is supposed to be displayed on the user's screen. And then allow the user to decide how big they want it to be and how small and how it's going to be placed, you know. And a lot of developers have forgotten that concept. Okay, so so you were talking about um, how. Um, oh, shoot, we were talking. We were starting to talk oh, about Christian how the nation. culture. Yeah, it, it and and was, how the Catholics came in and and you could see in the culture. The Catholic, the growing Catholic influence. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to harp on this, but you, you have to, you have to face reality. And this started to change in the sixties and then really started to change in the seventies. And what do we, what happened in the sixties and seventies? First we have Vatican II and then we had yep. the English Mass. Then the new Mass. And the, not, yeah, not even the, well, there was the new mass, but I guess, I guess the English mass or the vernacular mass is almost synonymous with the new mass, isn't it? But even in Latin, which any yeah. priest is allowed to do the new mass in Latin, he doesn't need permission from his bishop, never has. Even in Latin, the new mass is different. But, but the big thing is with the vernacular, it's kind of like all over the place. Yeah. And aside from that, we started receiving communion in the hands and, I guess you have certain Catholic beliefs and it's not, it's not just that we believe them. It's kind of the core of our religion. The true presence is, is everything to a Catholic. Yeah. And the things that you do should kind of back up what you believe. If, if I believe something is valuable, I don't leave it laying around the house. I don't not take care of it. I don't let everybody touch it. And here we have the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and we're all touching it. So, really, and I mean, that's the, not even part of this argument, but it's... The, no, it isn't, but but it's a good point. The, the ritual around it also, you know, with the new mass, got lame. Yeah, it got you know stupid. What I mean? It's kind of like if you have, if you have a, um, you know, a, a painting... Um, like, you know, a Monet or, um, uh, 
uh, something, you know, who, who's another uh, Picasso? I don't know. I don't know artists. Picasso or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Matisse, you know, whatever. And you take it, and then what you do is you 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 go to Walmart and buy, you know, one of those cheap frames that pluck presses it right against the plastic and has the the black things that just snap in around the edges and you stick it on your wall and that's how you display it yeah the new mass is kind of like that and so what you really really have within the catholic world is first a protestant protestantization of catholicism at its core at 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 the the thing that that delineates us as catholics which is the eucharist yeah. And then because that thing is our entire identity as Christians and we give that up, we, we, you know, I don't mean we give it up in the sense that nobody believes it anymore, although very few do, but, but by saying, oh, that's not that important. It's not important enough to reserve it so that only the priest is touching it with his hand. It's not important enough to have, you know, truly beautiful ceremony surrounding the rite that, that confects the, the Eucharist. Um, by giving that up, the Protestantization of Catholicism then turns into the secularization of Christianity more broadly. Yeah. And that has definitely happened in the United States. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I, it, it's, it's one of those things that I want to point out before I start to kind of move into the big point here. The real point, yeah. Um, and it's just kind of backdrop. Yeah. And, but it's not just in America that we have this backdrop. We can see it throughout history, oh. throughout the world. Yeah. Throughout um, the world. That's right. We've got. Some a, would even say that America's maybe a little bit late to the game. Yeah. Because we, we started newer. Um, or we started later, I mean. Um, mm mm-hmm. But countries like um, I, Russia comes to mind because it's it was so recent. But we had, you know, people like uh, Ivan the Terrible running Russia, and this was a monarchy, and it was a, it was a ruthless guy who uh, apparently slaughtered lots of people. I don't know a whole lot about the uh, the. The history here, the pre the the Russian czars, yeah, pre communist czarist Russia. But from there, we move into uh, you know it, it creates a problem because there was a problem with that way of governing. They weren't governing well. So right. what and and as the world turns more industrial, uh, it, it wouldn't have worked to continue governing that way. You know it when we have factories and and we can we have things more mobile. And they can move between cities and stuff. It just the old idea of farming and and producing things that way just wasn't going to work. So they moved into communism, which ends up being worse than the monarchy. Um, you've got you've got a group of poor people, and the government decide. You know, at one time people were somewhat responsible for producing the food and stuff they would need. And then we move into a system where the government's going to provide everything. Well, now that the government's in, 
now that the government owns everything, including the food as you're eating it, and there's a lack of food, then whose fault is it? It's the government's fault. Um, in America, we handled that by producing more. In Russia, mm-hmm. they handled it by having less people. The only way to yeah, do that yeah. was just they started eliminating huge numbers of people. Yeah. All right. Mass murders. All right. Hold on a second. Um, I have to... They always wait till I'm recording, and then they say, hey, put this dog harness on. Come here. <laughs> Are you the only one who can do it? It's not easy. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah, but it's... Couldn't you just get her a uh, a plain old choker chain? Oh, like not even like, okay. Yeah, they would like they would take him for a walk, and then you have to jerk on it or pull on it to keep him from to keep running from, off. Yeah. And then he would come back, and for the rest of the night, he'd go, <laughs> and it was disturbing. So we moved to a harness, and okay. he does a lot better. Yeah, but. He sees it and he gets all excited and then he won't let anyone put it on him. Stuff, yeah, moving around, dancing too much. Yeah, but I did get it on him. So, um, okay, let's see. I guess what my point here is that I mean it, it was so bad. I don't think most Americans really understand how bad it was. Um, you had town officials who were told. You have to come now. They did this under the guise of eliminating certain classes. You know, they want to eliminate uh-huh. the middle class so that to to make more. It was genocide. They called it genocide, but it wasn't really genocide. What it was just, is they just needed to eliminate people in order to take pressure off the system. Yeah, that's that's, that's really what, what really was going was. on here because town yeah. officials would get quotas and they would say. You know, you need to come up with a list of, say, 10,000 people for us to either execute or send to the gulags or whatever. And Mm -hmm. sometimes town officials who were already feeling the pressure of having to feed all these people would say, well, can we do 15? And the, the, what we call federal government would say, yeah, 15 is even better. So, I mean, just the number of people who, innocent people, who are being sent to their deaths. And, you know, this is, this is following a time when it's like the, the people were all too happy to let this happen because it, they're at a point where, you know, this is, they've got no food. There's cannibalism and stuff like that happening. And the thing is. Yeah. Few, few people realize how bad living under a communist regime is. Yeah. But. Here's and the, the irony thing. is that they were happy to have it though. They this was a godless people. Yeah. It's it's like they had they had left all they had left God and in doing so they had just left behind their humanity. Yeah, it, there's there's nothing anymore to set humans apart. We're just animals who happen to be able to figure out tools and things like that. So that's in the communist eye, that's what we are. Uh, we're mm-hmm. ants, not human beings. Um, but the point is, I, I guess there were, there were Catholics in there. There were, uh, people in the, the Orthodox, Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, most of those were destroyed, burned down. Uh, the people who, uh, tried to follow that religion were killed. Um, yeah, yeah, most of them. I, I, when I was in, um, 
uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, I toured a few of those, the, um, Orthodox churches. Um, and because a lot of them are, you know, open up for tourists, you know, for historical, um, interest and stuff like that. Some of them are still working churches too, which means they, they have their Orthodox masses there and stuff. Um, but a lot of them had been, you know, destroyed and then restored. Um, and some of them had been like, you know, turned into museums of atheism and stuff like that. You know, put, put the various secular, uh, uses, um, for the, the communist regime. But, um, yeah, the, 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 you know, the thing is there were, it's almost like, um, you, you think if there were some, if there were some Catholics there and even Russian Orthodox, although they're not, they're not truly Catholic, but, but they've got the sacraments. They've still got the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, they can go to you confession. Know, so there's people there who are, would be considered in the state of grace, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I know that Russia itself wasn't obviously wasn't completely destroyed, but for the, kind of hardship that all the people there had to endure, uh, it almost may as well have been completely destroyed. And I mean, and the people still live in the legacy of that, that yeah. they have not recovered from that. Um, yeah. so why, why didn't a certain, I don't know. You think I, I, you can't help thinking about, um, Abraham and pleading with God and kind of bargaining with God for, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. So yeah. why why doesn't that apply? I, you know, I, it it could be God was just making an object, allowing him to bargain because he was making an object lesson out of them because they were so thoroughly, completely evil um, in Sodom and Gomorrah. But there's a tendency to to take that story and say, oh well, as long as I stay good, God's not gonna, you know, let it all fall to it, pieces. Or- you know, even even a, a group of people. You know, we've got this these people starting ministries in America where we're going to try to um, spread the truth. You know, and, and sometimes yeah. it's Catholic. It, it, obviously, we don't believe you're. We're gonna actually. We're gonna um, have, a, have a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm. You know, God should see this and say, okay, I'm not going to completely destroy America. Um, and there's a sense of that. There's a, there's a sense of when, when good people are praying and you hear them talking about what's going on in America now, uh, you get the feeling that most Catholics, uh, slash Christians believe we're not going to be completely ruined. Yeah. The way they were where in say regions of South America. mm -hmm. Well, we look back at South America, um, and you look at the story of, like say, the Aztecs uh, and stuff yeah, like that. The, the you know, Guadalupe, um, yeah, those people were involved in child sacrifice and stuff. Yeah, they were really bad. And then, as the church is, is almost disappearing across Europe, uh, Mary appears in, in South America and, Suddenly there are millions, and I mean millions, of converts to the Catholic faith. And these weren't, I, I've, I've done a little bit of, I've listened to a few of the shows and podcasts on Guadalupe, um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's my understanding that this is we're not talking about a group of uh, indigenous people who didn't really understand who decided, okay, we'll go ahead and accept your faith while accepting while hanging on to my old traditions. These were real converts. Oh, right, right. It wasn't some kind of uh, syncretistic or syncretism. Right. I don't know how to do it. It wasn't a syncretism or any right. sort of... Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you got the Jesus, we got the, the you know, the juju, you know, bring them all together, we'll have a party, you know, it wasn't anything like that. Right. This is, this is huge numbers of people who it would seem that God had kind of prepared them to be harvested. And mm-hmm. so the harvest happened and suddenly most of South America is Catholic. But look at right. South America right now. Um, look at Venezuela and I, I'm hearing all kinds of stories about churches being burned down, uh, across oh, God, yeah. South America. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really bad. So the thing is we come to America and it's like, yeah, we've got this incredible culture that kind of ballooned up throughout the, as America got big, the church got bigger and had more and more influence. Um, but we're suddenly at a time where it's, and, and it, again, this, this started in the seventies where it, we Catholics and Christians began to be demonized. And now we're at a point where it is shrinking and it's shrinking fast. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm just pointing out the fact that Catholics should be prepared that this might not go the way we would like it to go. And I'm not trying to be a stick in the mud. I'm not trying to be a pessimist, but we do have to kind of be prepared for anything. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, that is our call, is to be prepared to die as Christ died, to be I, prepared for martyrdom. Things could fall apart very quickly for Christians. I sometimes think that how this goes in the future, the future of America is not so much um, depending on how quickly people return to God and how much people accept the faith again, because I don't think that's going to happen, period. But I think it's going to depend on how well Catholics are able to die for their faith. When real persecution starts, right? are we going to bend the way a lot of Russians did? Or are we going to stand firm and go ahead and be persecuted, whatever that means? It might mean, might be put to death, but it's going to, I think it's going to be more economic, uh, persecution. You know, yeah, I think uh, there's going to be in, a lot of soft persecutions that in Ireland, in I mean, you know, Catholics couldn't own land. Catholics, Catholics were really persecuted in Ireland and for, Hundreds of years they held on to their faith. And it's, yeah. it's terrible to see what's going on right now. The fact that they're just not Catholic anymore. They've lost their faith. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is America going to lose its faith too? I don't know. But as I'm watching all this happen, it occurs to me, number one, that we can't just, we can't just rest on the fact that the good always wins because the good doesn't always win. The good didn't win in Russia. It hasn't won in China, uh, yeah. and now all those millions of Catholics who were there have been betrayed by the Pope. By um, yeah, by their own church, their own leader. 
it seems like it didn't happen in um Ireland, you know, I who knows what's going to happen there, but um now as as things get worse, I'm I'm seeing certain things and I'm just okay, with this COVID thing, we saw what the governor did. He made all kinds of restrictions. I'm never going to stop bringing this up. The fact that Mike DeWine killed a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people died directly by Mike DeWine's actions. Now, he can pretend that he saved lives by saving us from COVID, but we all got COVID anyway, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, so not he a didn't single change life saved. the number of people Lots who got people COVID. Died. But yeah. uh, because of his restrictions, because of the people who didn't go to hospitals who should have, because of the people in nursing homes who couldn't get outside help and were kind of held hostage by these uh, inept workers who are getting paid sometimes less than minimum wage, um, people died. Not to mention all the suicides, not to mention all the drug overdoses from people who thought that they oh, had right, had their dude. habits licked and then couldn't yeah. go to meetings anymore. It just... Across the board, Mike DeWine is responsible for a lot of death. But even he's not the worst. Think about Governor Cuomo. Oh, gosh. Yeah, think about Cuomo. I, and and Cuomo's was so bad that he knew and he was covering it up. Yeah. And it, it, it was so blatant. I'm going to take all the sick people who might have a disease that might cause them some discomfort, maybe sometimes cause them harm. And I'm going to put them with the old people who would definitely be harmed by this disease. And many of them die. Yeah. That's the plan. It, it was, if you wanted to kill a bunch of old people, that's, that would be the good that's way to how do, you it. do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like I, he, he set out on biological warfare against old yeah. people in New York. <laughs> we complain about the, the early Americans who sent, uh, blankets to the Indians that had been you know, covered with the the smallpox. Yeah, like your, a pox or something like that. Uh, and, right? But that's exactly what this is. It's no different. And it's... Except it, it, it's on a bigger scale now. Yeah. The number and of it, lives lost is greater now. It, it, it makes me angry every time I think about it. And then I start thinking, um, you know, in a just world, this has to be avenged. We can't just, this guy can't just live the rest of his life out in his house in comfort. Um, not just Cuomo, but, but all of these, the whole deep state really, mm-hmm. who, who betrayed us all and it, we all know but what you happened. you feel that way. I mean, you we feel, feel that, that way. way. Yeah. But it's easy to lose sight of the fact that this world isn't, not only is this world not the end, but this world isn't the uh, the most significant aspect right. of reality. Yeah. I mean, what we do in this world determines our reality entirely. So in that sense, this life is all important for each one of us, our own life and how we live it. But this world is not the most significant aspect of reality. Yeah. There's and another the, one. The scales of justice, you know, there's there's no kind of universal law of karma that balances the scales of justice within this world. Yeah, some things some things are not fair and they'll never be fair. And 
a lot of people died uh, without anyone knowing about them uh, during this COVID thing. You know, I mean, I don't think we could even come up with a number of people who died because of the restrictions. Now, they're trying to come up with numbers of people who died from the disease, but we all know that's fake. It's it's been lied about so much that I don't I don't think we have any idea. They're still lying about it. And we know that there's lots of people who died because of the restrictions, regardless of how many people died from the disease. Yeah. And probably, you know, it's it's not a question of, oh, you know, which which was which was the bigger number. It's a question of how many times bigger worldwide. How many times bigger were they uh, is the number of deaths that resulted from the restrictions? Yeah. Than the number of deaths that resulted directly from the disease. Yeah. And it's uh, just think. And then, uh, I mean, you think about that and then you think about the people responsible again. You're like. Well, yeah. It's like, well, something's got to You think something's got to happen to them, you know. How how can it not? Yeah, and the fact is, probably nothing will happen to him. So he and then here's here's the uh, here's the more frustrating part of that. Um, not only are they not going to be punished for any of this, but if uh, before they die, they say they're sorry to God and they ask for if they really repent then really nothing will happen to them. Well, they might have some time to spend in purgatory, but well, yeah, they'll, they're they'll, going to heaven yeah, on top of all that. And as Christians, yeah, uh, we actually have to rejoice in we, that. We have, to, we have to celebrate that. Does yeah. that bother you? I, that bothers that the bother hell me. out of me. I, <laughs> I've, always, I've always thought of that as the, the kind of the final vindication of the cross. It's like, you know. Yeah. And and I think you're right. It's just that okay, on paper, academically, that sounds great. But in a personal yeah, no, but uh situation like you, where it's yeah. like my aunt died and there was no damn reason for her to die, then it just makes me uh angry yeah, and I that's... it's like a thing I purposely have to fight against and say, No, you can't do that. That's not Christian. You're not even allowed to think that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm admitting here that the temptation is to think that way, you know? Yeah. You have to, but you know, you hear stories on a, on a personal level, like, like people who, um, you know, somebody whose child was killed by, you know, a murderer or something, you know, maybe a drug user broke into the house looking for drug money, killed their kid, whatever. Any, any number of situations like that. And, you know, but they're deeply Christian people and they end up forgiving the guy, like really from their hearts, forgiving him and, you know, saying, Hey, they, they, they reach out to try to help him reform and stuff like that. I, you read about stuff like that once yeah. in a while. Yeah. And it's you like, do. wow, that's, that's a, uh, uh, but yeah. And it's, but I mean, it's the same thing. Like St. Paul, he'd go into these towns and, and, arguing with the Jews and, and preach to them and stuff. And, and they would manhandle him and beat him. But even while they were beating him, his, his goal was always to convert them, to bring them to 
the joy of the way, you know, yeah. uh, uh, of knowing Christ. Um, but it's different. And I, I, I forget what show I heard this on some podcast I listened to, and they were talking about this, that the most difficult, often, um, challenge that Christians face, if, if you wanted to really sort of turn the screws on this, this idea of a martyrdom, it's like a, a lot of Christians might, okay, I can, I can withstand a martyrdom against myself. I, you know, I can, I can be a martyr. I can be a witness. I can allow things to happen to me. Yeah. But what if the, the guy who's trying to get me to turn, to get me to deny Christ, uh, to, to blaspheme or commit sacrilege, whatever, instead of coming after me and my person, what if he's doing something and inflicting pain on somebody that I love, somebody yeah. else, a different, that's much harder to, contemplate and in today's world uh not only is it difficult to contemplate but there are a lot of people probably even christians probably even catholics who mistakenly and 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 badly and um unfortunately would say oh well in that case you could you should probably just do what he says in order to keep your loved one yeah. from getting hurt yeah you know i'll i'll even describe a tougher situation is when the persecution is not against anything religious. Um, if I, Oh, it's not like you can stand on a religious principle. You mean? Right. Right. Makes it I mean, harder to take a stand. If, uh, if, if a loved one dies in a nursing home because nobody's ever able to help her, um, She's not a martyr. Yeah. Uh, she just died. And it was because of Stupid systematic. Well, by, well, yeah. Yeah. It was systematic. Administrators. And it didn't have to happen. But the people who made those decisions knew it would happen. And yeah. in, there's in no bureaucracy. real urgency to convert these people, although we have to. But it it changes the situation a little because it's not like um you don't have the beauty of martyrdom to go along with it That's you just true. have senseless death which is what happened in russia which is and then you're supposed to forgive in the face of that. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, and it makes it it makes it even harder because they take the religious aspect out of it. I'm not killing mm -hmm. these people because they're Catholics. I'm killing these people because I don't want to take care of them anymore, and yeah, it's easier to kill them all. So the same way with abortion, it's 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 well. I don't oh, want to well. take care of a baby. Let me kill the baby. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. These, uh, injustices, they keep piling up and they're going to keep piling up here in America as the world gets more and more anti-Christian. But the injustices are not always, in fact, they're not often against Christians. It's just that people have lost their sense of humanity and we've turned into a bunch of animals. And so, yeah, we've got these you know, people it, like, I think it's, you're right. I mean, it's not that they're against Christians, but it's still because we've lost God. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. And the, the answer is God. The answer is the rosary. And, 
uh, I, you know, we don't know how this is going to play. We're, we're, we're at such a weird point in history because, um, on the one hand, we have a church that's being kind of persecuted, but not directly. And at the same time, we've got a pope who's seems to have joined the other side. Yeah. And so us lay Catholics are just kind of standing there watching our bishops all follow the state instead of, or the state or the culture instead of our traditions. And we're all left scratching our heads saying, well, what do I do now? I can't even die for my faith. What what the heck do I do? Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's a frustrating situation right now. Yeah. Um, Well, okay. I know this is wrong. And I guess my point is that the good doesn't always win in this life. And sometimes we just have to witness the bad winning. But, yeah. Hold on to our faith, and all will be right keep on in the end. Witnessing, in the end, that but you know the end is one of the problems right now. Time. Though the end is, is that eternity. We're witnessing, uh, we're witnessing a lot of young people being taken from the faith, and it's getting harder and harder to to keep these kids uh, in the Catholic Church or in any yeah. Christian church. Well, You're you know, there? you there, yeah. I just sent you a text message asking if you could hear me because I was saying stuff and it's like you would talk as though you didn't hear my inter interjections. I think it kind of worked out, but you, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it did work out. But the okay. thing is the, uh, I lost, uh, the sound something, of your voice something Bluetooth stole my phone. I have no idea what it was. Somebody started a car. Yeah. Or something. Somebody turned something that. on and then I hate just... when stuff like that happens. It's like, it should ask you uh, this permission. Bluetooth stuff. Yeah, it's like, hey, do you do you really want to connect to this? Um, but you know, okay, so it's kind of funny because a while ago I was thinking about that in 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 this reality, which is a a big broad reality, society wide, culture wide, and so on and so forth. Um, it kind of uh, there's a there's a sense in which realizing this can help you with your personal relationship with God too. Because I was kind of reflecting on, you know, there were, I I was kind of, you know, hadn't really been carrying on my prayer life. Been a long time since I'd been to confession, needed to go to confession for some things. And I was struggling at work. Um, I was wondering what I was going to do about some things with regards to work there were some things in, in my home finances that, that were, uh, kind of not balancing out right. And, and, you know, things were just looking very, very bleak. And I was reflecting on just the parts related to the, um, you know, the, like confession and my yeah. prayer life and stuff like that. And I thought, you know what? What I need to do is get right with God. And here's the thing, my, my, the temptation of my thoughts. And, and this is, I don't know whether it's my guardian angel or whatever, who, who kind of like completed the thought the correct way for me. But the temptation of my thoughts is I can get right with God and then these other things will start going my way. That, that's how it's tempting to think. But the reality is, no, it's not like that. It's you get right with God and then you're right with God. Yeah. And, and that's all it is. And that's what it is. And that's what it needs to be. And all of those other things might still keep falling apart, but you're right with God. And that's what counts. Yeah. 
And it's yeah, kind of I know that what way you mean. culturally too. Yeah, I you know, it, there, there's no guarantee that that by you know those of us who are sort of in the know doing the right things, there's no guarantee that the culture is going to turn around or anything like that. But what it does mean is that we will be right with God. And when all of these other problems keep happening, we'll be able to handle them. Yeah, because I mean, we'll if, know that if we're handle right them with means God. martyrdom. We'll be able to do that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to sum up all of the things I was saying. I get, I like podcasts because in my house, um, a lot of times I like to drive at a point, but I do it slowly and I do it. And everybody gets bored and walks away. (laughs) No, they don't even do that. They answer me before I even get three sentences in. And it's like, I was going in a completely different direction. You have no idea what I was going to say, and you're already answering me. It's like, could you just stop and listen every once in a while? And a podcast gives me the opportunity every now and then to actually play out this train of thought that I'm having. But, yeah, yeah, that is a good way to sum all this up. You know, it's difficult when – and I think you and I are kind of the same way. Um, We like to have conversations that are fairly developed – and to a lot of other people in today's world, what we would consider just one stage of a conversation feels like a lecture to them. Yeah. But that's not what we're doing. I we're guess just, that's what we're it just is. Introducing the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I get there. I get there slowly. I'm not lecturing you. I just want you to understand where I'm coming from and mm-hmm. why I'm thinking this way. And. Since nobody listens to it, nobody really knows what I think, except for the people who listen to my podcast. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. By the way, my son listens to our podcast. What? Your son son listens to to our podcast. Yeah. So I can't can't get my sons to listen to it. (laughs) They're like, no, Dad, I've heard you enough at home. I don't need you to hear the podcast. (laughs) I don't need to hear you on the radio too. (laughs) You don't understand. That would really. That would really make you make it feel like you're a helicopter dad. <laughs> yeah, you got. You're gonna hear me all the time now. Um, I, you know, that does take us 50 minutes in, which is longer. than I was gonna I say I it's talk. it's been 40 minutes, and oh, that's right, 50 because we. we I'm I'm. This is the second recording. Oh yeah, of that breakdown earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we uh, we should talk about cryptocurrency another time. Okay, so. Yeah, we will talk in detail about cryptocurrency, but but the the uh, the three big things that that will that I that I want to talk about that I think are problematic for it, and, and there are people working on at least one of them, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is anonymity. Um, when you hand a dollar to a person, the history of that dollar is completely lost once it's in that person's wallet. It's the history is gone. Nobody yeah. knows the history of that dollar. Uh, that's how money should be. Yeah. The second is scalability. Uh, because the history of most cryptocurrencies is retained permanently, indefinitely, perpetually, um, it takes increasingly to turn it into a world currency. Think of how much memory that would use just in order 
to maintain all the transactions in the blockchains. Most of them use, you know, a blockchain type of technology, which I'll describe. Do most of them use blockchain? Yes. Okay. So, um, and the only reason is because blockchaining is a way to, you know, prove the current state based on the past state and and so on and so forth. Okay. So anyway, it's, it's, it's like if you had ever, you know, I, I'll talk about the details when we actually talk about it, but, but scalability, just the fact that it, it requires ever increasing amounts of, um, memory just yeah. to retain the, um, the state of affairs. And, and there may be some right. people working on that. The third, um, is the reliance okay. on technology. Right. Did it steal me again? Hold on. It did it again. Why does it did keep it, doing that? Oh, did it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe somebody else turned on a stereo or something. If it, it must not be a car if it's doing it again. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, the third one is just basically the reliance on, on a certain kind of technology. Now, it could be that this technology, and I'm talking about computers, basically. Computers, internet, mm-hmm. networking, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it could be that it's here to stay. Sure. It, but it, we, you know, it doesn't have to be. Um, old style currencies, all it relies, all it relies on is printing. And, uh, if, you know, short of that, you know, stamping, uh, you know, uh, yeah. what I mean, stamping, I mean, like with the, like coins uh, with the stuff. die where you stamp a coin out. Right. So, um, so anyway, that's, those are, those are the three, my three major concerns with cryptocurrencies and, and, and I'm only talking about them as, uh, those concerns in relation to the idea of cryptocurrencies becoming the de facto currency of, you know, of a society. Um, the, the people may talk about, you know, there, there may be like sideline currencies and, and reasons to, for like groups to adopt them or something like that within their own uh, sort of, yeah. uh, local economy. Um, and, and and sure, they may serve those kinds of purposes very well. I, I'm not aware of any specific, you know, groups that have done that. But um, anyway, we'll we'll get into uh, more details about that and about how they work and about why all those things are concerns and 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 some of the things that people are doing to try to alleviate those concerns uh, next week. <clears throat> okay. In that case, let's talk news. I got kind of a lot of items here, but it's not... Good, because I don't have very many. Okay. So, the uh, the Biden administration has lifted sanctions against that pipeline going between Russia and Germany. Remember when Trump got angry that Germany was going to buy oil from Russia? Mm-hmm. Um, so, he placed sanctions on that pipeline and biden has dropped them so russia oh, and germany okay. are canal exchange all the oil it's not like it's not like they couldn't before but we were but we had an official yeah. answer to that and now that answer the is gone economic sanctions um, right so i you know again we keep they keep talking about how trump and russia were in bed together but it's like things like this shows that no, Biden was the one in bed with Russia. Okay. Um, so there's this anti-Semitic, there's, there's this Semitic report from Russia, or not from Russia, from China, from the China Global Television Network, 
that claims that uh, wealthy Jews dominate the finance, media, and internet sectors in the U.S. Okay. Classic Jew-hating stuff. Why isn't just? Why isn't this just? Uh, I mean, why isn't this? Why is this any different than the long-standing anti-Semitic trope that's that's been running around since before Hitler? Yeah, it's not. It's the it's the same thing, um, and it, and it's not just happen. I mean, this story is about uh, China saying this, but it's being said by several of our senators and oh, uh, the I'm House sure I can members. Name, yeah, which ones? <laughs> you know, and it's like this is classic anti-Semitic stuff, and it it hasn't changed. You know, I. And you know what the saddest part of this is? There are a lot of influential Jews in the media and in in finance, and those Jews are far left. Yeah, that's that's what's sad. They don't know their friends. There's a lot of them that are far left, and and they ought to be a little bit more uh, wily about that. Um, Yeah, that's true. And, And the fact is, Jews look out for each other. I mean, as, as, a, as a group, they tend to look out for each other. Would the Catholics would do the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, I, I don't know if Dad ever told you this, but but you remember, uh, um, this is something that, that could easily be, a, you know, a understandable mistake because um, he's got kind of a big nose. Um, yeah. But Dad wanted to get into the scrap metal business. Oh yeah, the, you know, and and he was talking to a guy. You know, he's trying to you know kind of talk to the people and work his way in, find out who you got to know and and who you got to deal with and that kind of stuff. And at one point, one of the guys says, kind of you know, sort of leaning in like a confidential sort of uh, moment. He says, "Now you're Jewish, aren't you?" That dad was well, Jewish, no, I'm Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, they wanted to keep that a Jewish operation and industry within the greater Cincinnati area, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, personally, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Like I said, they, they're a group of people who look out for each other. Okay. People can do that. Um, but, but, you know, when, when we get into the real, um, the, the anti-Semitism, I, I know that I, you and I probably are, we, we've never really talked about this deeply or talked it through. But I'm one of those who believes that because the Jews eventually are going to come back to the Christian faith, I mean, completely as a, as a people, as a, a corporate yeah. move, you know, as a, a, a single body, they're going to come back to the Christian faith, uh, possibly even then, you know, taking their rightful positions as rulers of the Catholic Church. You know, the, it may be that, that the, you know, the, um, the, the Pope is, 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 uh, you know, somebody who was Jewish or something like that at, at some point when, when this happens. But I believe that's part of what God has destined for them. But because of that, even when they're spread throughout the world, even, you know, in the diaspora and, and, and as they're going through various kinds of hardships and that kind of stuff, I believe God is still protecting them. And at least protecting their existence as a yeah, group. as a people, and and to me, I think the the modern nation of Israel 
may have something to do with that providentially. Yeah. And I think that America's fate, America's, you know, part of America's purpose, because obviously, you know, America, it's not like God owes America as anything of America. And this is yeah. apropos to our, our podcast today. Um, yeah. God could let America fall by the wayside. He could accomplish his ends without America. He doesn't need us, but he may have a role for us to the extent that we remain allies with Israel then yeah. we might he might keep us in a position of being a true world power because of that well it's just one of those what if suppositions it's hypothetical there's a lot of mm-hmm. you know it, it, there, there's you, you can't attach any specific you know biblical verses and say see this is how you know uh, nothing like that it's just one of those well what if it is that way yeah and we know that that you know the that the the uh the Jewish people were, you know, promised the Holy Land, uh, you know, in perpetuity and all that kind of stuff. Actually, it was in perpetuity, but, but it was always qualified. It was in perpetuity yeah. as long as you walk in the ways of the Lord. And that's the other thing is the Jews themselves have to learn to walk in the ways of the Lord, which today means being Catholic. Yeah. Um, so although they're never going to realize that with Pope Francis. You know, on the yeah, it's hard for anyone to come to the church with him there. I I wonder what what the numbers are concerning uh, the number of uh, converts since Pope Francis took over. I wonder if it's way down. It would be interesting. Yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see that, like worldwide converts year by year or decade by decade. Probably be year by year that that would be telling. But uh, in any case, it just kind of kind of makes me think. You know, we we would. We would do well just in terms of, of, you know, being friendly to God to, I think, remain allies with Israel and to, in, in, to the extent yeah. that it makes sense for the American people. I and mean, we wouldn't want to work against our own interests, but yeah. to align our interests with theirs somewhat. Well, speaking of the, Israel, yeah. um, so the the conflict they've got a ceasefire in place, um, right? This is after eleven days of conflict. Uh, the weird thing is that okay in Midtown Manhattan, pro Palestinian and uh, and pro Israel protesters clash in Times Square. Um, oh, <clears throat> so okay. there's some there's some fighting there. This is after the ceasefire. Uh, over 180 protesters gather in Hyde Park in London to uh, protest Israel. This is, again, after the ceasefire. I don't know what they're trying to do here. Stir up it's, trouble? I... Yeah, I think that's all it is. They just they want to keep that fire burning. Uh, they don't really care that people what? are getting ceasefire? killed. No, we can't have that. And, We've got to have... Yeah. Um, yeah, I got this one weird story that pops up. It, the way it's... The way it's right, I mean, the the headline. Here's the headline. Israeli forces in violent confrontations with... Hold on. No, I'm reading the wrong thing. Okay. Israeli forces fire stun grenades and rubber bullets at Palestinians attending Friday prayers at a mosque and also hit journalists at the scene with batons, injuring at least 20 people. You know, the way it sounds, it's like... People are praying, and 
it's and really they come in and just start firing. Bomb, you know, Something else just, went on there. Something yeah. else went on there. We, but the problem know, is, I, I can't even find out what actually happened. You can't find you know? out what happened there because, well, you know, that's that's one of the things. Um, like journalists and stuff who who are in um, certain areas, um, the Muslim re- regime regimes um, force them to report stories like this. Yeah. From a Muslim point of view, not just from a Muslim point of view, but but even um, dishonestly from a Muslim point of view. Yeah. Otherwise, they're you know run out uh, as you know spies, maybe arrested, whatever. That you know they they don't get to report the facts as they are. Even if a journalist was inclined to, they're not allowed to and to remain in certain Muslim areas. Yeah, so, I mean they're, yeah, they're 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 threatened. They're, it's not like it's not like these reporters can say whatever they want. This isn't America right. that they're in. They, if they if they value their lives, they're going to report it exactly the, the way they're yeah. told to report it. Um, so, so whatever that was, it's not what that, the reports are saying. It's sad that Americans don't understand this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 yeah that, that Americans haven't reached the the level of, of understanding that they okay no that's not what whatever that is that that's not what it was yeah um but you know I a lot of leftist Americans um who for some reason are very anti-semitic and pro-muslim I don't get that that leftist Americans are pro such a weird so weird I think it's just because alliance. they're anti-christian yeah it's it's a very strange alliance and you almost wonder well are the are the Leftists, which, you know, I guess in some cases, if you believe, you know, maybe they're Freemasonic or whatever, but are the leftists using the, the Muslims or are the Muslims using the leftists? I think they're you using know, each other. The question is, which one of them gonna, is going to end who, who up? Will, and you know, it's going to be the, right. if, if Christians back down and if Christians don't hold their place in the world and strike back, um, it's going to be the Muslims who win yeah. eventually. I mean, these people will do anything, and it's their sole purpose to kill people who aren't like them. That's right. That's right. Of course, uh, and it's and turning the, out to be that seems to be increasingly the leftist purpose too. Yeah, I know, but think about it this way. Well, I get it's like this in both sides, but on the Muslim side, you've got all the normal, the people running it have all the normal tendencies. You know, they're greedy. And they're using people to get money and power. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is that the at the bottom, at the grassroots, as long as these people think that they're doing something for their religion, they will do absolutely anything told. It doesn't matter how oh. bad it is. They'll do right. it. Yeah. And the people in charge have this entire army of people who will do anything to spread the the hatred that is it, yeah. Islam, In, including the suicide bombings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't have too many suicide bombers who are you know leftists on the left crazy. Right, I, most maybe of some, them are but, emboldened by crowds. Of, if you've got a crowd, you can go up and, and you know bash a few yeah. cops' heads or whatever. But you know safety in crowds kind of thing. Yeah. So it's um, I don't know. I I think neither side should win. As Catholics, as Christians, we've got to take our stance 
and hold true and fight it when we can fight it. Um, yeah. Speaking of taking a stance, uh, the U.S. House approved the commission to investigate the January 6th, quote, riot at the U.S. Capitol. It's it's so weird how... It's such a joke. The more information that gets out, the more it's very obvious that this was not a riot, this is not a coup or anything of the sort. And it has the more the Democrats... Python yeah. Script. And the really, more they're I, holding know, fast to it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not backing down on this, even though it's like, look, I got a video right here of this guy being told by the Capitol Police, come on in. How can you call this trespassing? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so, yeah. Hold on a second. Well, I'm going to try the- to get these, uh, these, uh, earbuds to work. Hold on. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. I guess they finished charging and then they automatically came on and then that's what kept Oh, is that why you... Oh. Yeah. So, that's why I kept disappearing. This is so stupid. Shouldn't be this hard. All right. Uh, okay. Charged, so, we're not in your ears, but let's steal your phone. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's like... Uh, the um, it, it, we were talking about it a little bit last week too, though I, I think with the um, kind of the um, did, did we talk about that? How about like the the fact that everything is going more and more digital? It's like people are getting more and more bold about simply revising re- recent history to fit what they want it to be, and and I think their confidence in doing that is so high that even though there's a few videos out that clearly contradict their narrative it's almost like they're well we we will eventually make everything work so we're just going to ignore those and keep it's like it's like the running you know the the world that the the running man was set in did you see that movie the the arnold schwarzenegger i've never seen it it's worth a watch once um actually i've watched it a few times I, i like it but it's 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 not what i could call a a great movie it you know it's a yeah a, it's a in many ways uh what would you call a a, a no-brainer kind of movie lowbrow yeah um but in in that world it's like the the news organization simply creates the reality that they want everybody to accept and then they broadcast it and but it, it's it's kind of like these modern democrats have confidence that that's the world they're living in and they can just make the reality whatever they want it to be yeah it's it's crazy. I, I mean, I I always think back to that CNN reporter standing in front of the burning building saying, mostly peaceful protests here. <laughs> and it's like, dude, there's a burning building behind you. Behind you. What? We can see it as you talk. Are you this stupid? But it's, I, I, that's know, how. I often wonder about some of these were, you know, peep, these personalities that are on the various shows. I, like, I, I heard on some podcast, uh, something from, uh, who's, who's the, the black guy on CNN, uh, something lemon. Um, Don Lennon? Or, Don, I don't know. Don Lemon. I don't, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I only know them when somebody else is pointing out something they said and making fun of them. But it's like some of the things that they say and, and I think, okay, wait a minute. Is he really that stupid? 
does he believe what he's saying or is he receiving this script from from his bosses and rolling his eyes and saying guys you really want me to read this on you know tv (laughs) i imagine that's how it has to be only he's not rolling his eyes because he knows that if he if he shows any signs of not being a true believer, he would lose his job. He'd be fired. Uh, that could be. That could be. So, yeah. so there here, could be this is your reality, and you just have to pretend that is actual reality. That's really the, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, there's this thing going on with, um, with Idaho shrinking and Oregon taking over parts of Idaho. Um, Wait, are they, is somebody moving, moving rocks? I think so. They're moving the Idaho border rock and making Uh a poop wall, maybe. Uh, (laughs) But Oregon is... The Idaho-Oregon wars. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to take over parts of Idaho, and I think it looks it's looking more and more like this is going to happen. So, um... Well, you know, there's that one little, like... Different counties are voting and stuff. Stick, like... Is this a real thing? Like, like, like they're actually talking about like annexing a part of Idaho or something? Yeah, yeah. Idaho is giving up part. Oh, it's a of it's Idaho. a negotiation. Yeah, and and Oregon is going to uh, take it, so well, Oregon was, gets bigger a... and Idaho gets smaller, and we'll have to get our potatoes from Oregon now. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, Douglas and Harney counties. Are you in sure you're saying Idaho. that right? I am. Jefferson. I'm looking at a headline that says five more Oregon counties vote in favor of becoming part of Idaho. Did I get it backwards? It looks like they want Idaho to become bigger. I'm okay with that. I think that's a okay. good idea. Oregon is. I did. Did I tell you about? You know what? I'm going to save it for. Um, I'm going to save it for my Another nonsense time. news. I might have okay. talked about it before. Okay. Well, maybe I got this wrong. I just saw the, uh, I saw the headline and then I remembered, oh yeah, this is happening. And I guess I remembered yeah. it wrong. <laughs> Idaho's way. getting bigger. Okay. Oregon's getting smaller. Oregon's Those, al- already a huge state. Oregonians uh, are like jealous of Idaho. They want to become potato growers. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I, I'm going to have to leave that in there. And I'm just going to have to accept the fact that I screwed up, and it is what it is. Uh, Take if you want. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, after the we're we're still looking at in the aftermath of the attack, it's revealed that Senate Armed Services Cyber Com- Subcommittee. Um, this is Here's the that the Department of Homeland Security was not alerted to the ransomware attack and that the Justice Department was not alerted to the ransom type or amount. All these different agencies are not talking to each other about the attacks that keep happening. And so, so who, they're, they're going to have a alerting. big meeting between them all to figure out how they can start talking to each other. Who, okay. Who didn't do the alerting? Like they, like I don't one know. Agency knew all one of thing, them. another knew the other, and they didn't share. Yeah, all of them. They just here's the thing: you've got a huge number of incompetent boobs 
running these various agencies. They're all bad at their jobs. They've and all the got idiotic laws at the top. And you know that if Trump were the president, he would not have allowed this to happen. He would already have these guys in chains. This would already be yeah, this would already be solved. And the organizations would be forced to work together. He would be. But they're all talking to each other about why well, you didn't tell us this. You didn't tell us this. <laughs> Idiots. So, uh, blockchain analytics firm Elliptic uh, publishes a Bitcoin wallet report showing that $90 million in Bitcoin ransom payments were made to DarkSide. Uh, okay. or dark side affiliates over the last year. So, um, again, as I was saying last week when we brought up Bitcoin, we were Is talking about those... these attacks. Yeah. It was either last week or the week before. I brought up the fact that all of this stuff is recorded. It wouldn't take a whole lot of police work to find the various members of these organizations. This well, should be it, really it... easy to crack. It could, in in a sense, and I'll get more into it. But but it's recorded, but it's only permanently recorded with the um, with the uh, randomized, somewhat randomized keys. Yeah. That that don't have any in in within the Bitcoin economy that don't have any specific link to a particular individual organization. In other words, right. if, if, if you have a Bitcoin wallet and you receive and pay and receive and pay and receive and pay, you have to do something in order to associate that wallet with you in order for law enforcement to then be able to say, oh, wait a minute, that's you the money was going to. Yeah, that's fine. And if you choose not to do that, they there's no way for them to discover that. Maybe. That's the point. But think about this. Am I just going to keep $47 million in my wallet and never spend it? Well, that's the other point. It's like, okay, well then... But here's the thing. What good is it? Oh, okay. If Uh, I spend it, it goes to to another wallet. Well, or or you say, okay, I'm going to arrange a a drop-off through an intermediary... Yeah, that keeps both of us anonymous, and rather than rather than transferring the bitcoins, I'm going to hand over the private keys and give my assurance of destruction of my copy of the private keys to that wallet. So now it's your wallet; you have it, and you can do what you want with it. And I'll receive real cash or something like that. Now it involves a certain amount of trust to to do that, mm-hmm. but. If people could do that and therefore anonymously cash out. It would be a way to launder the, the Bitcoin. Money, okay. Basically. I, I don't okay. know. We'll that save all this discussion smart, for the next we week. Bring that up next. I'm week. just yeah. pointing out that there are records. And if you're talking yes. about a really sophisticated FBI and CIA and all these other idiotic agencies, it shouldn't be too hard to track down at least some of these criminals. But they can't. Yeah. And half these kids are probably teenagers in their basements. Uh, then again, maybe the, these might be Chinese operatives. You know, we don't know. But are these so the in same German, guys you huh? think that I always get emails from? So way back, I don't know, back when I still had Netflix, yeah, somebody discovered just because I, I mean, it was a like I got Netflix like way back when they were still sending DVDs out. No, yeah, I had it. Then. Yeah. 
when they were still sending DVDs out. I still and, got some that I never sent back. <laughs> They're going to come after you for like, you know, yeah. $7 plus interest. Like a late fee. <laughs> you owe us $12,000. Um, yeah. That's a Seinfeld <laughs> episode there. Yeah. Did you ever see that one? Oh, was there really like one like that? No, I've I Well, a library Seinfeld. book. But oh, that okay. had to be the funniest episode I've ever seen. The guy who played okay, in Dragnet look that up. played mm-hmm. played the uh, the library cop the who comes after movie him. Dragnet or the old series? The old series, I think. Like the and Colonel Potter. He was. They in kind of. Life. I don't know. You know what? Yeah. I might be wrong. It might not be him. It was just uh, they just kind okay. of fashioned the character after him and this is yeah. cop library cop who's all serious about his job oh. <laughs> and it's just five minutes of dialogue and it's probably the funniest dialogue in that whole series it is so okay, funny watching watch this that. yeah maybe that'll library cop. on seinfeld and i'll watch all the seinfeld episodes then it's worth it okay it is funny so <laughs> Anyway, where, where, why did that come up? Um, uh, the, because uh, of, oh yeah, uh, Netflix. So, so Netflix. I, I've owned Netflix. I mean, I've had a Netflix account, you know, way back then before I became con- overly concerned about, um, you know, because it's like, okay, I've, I've, I, I linked my credit card up with Netflix. Um, but it was just, you know, like a movie a month or what? I forget what the deal was. Yeah. It's like, is, as soon as you no, send I, it back, you can get a new one, basically. It was yeah. like that kind of a thing. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I had a real easy to, to, uh, you know, a dictionary password. Okay. And this was before I became, you know, super security conscious and all that kind of stuff. Well, some, some guy in South America somewhere, Argentina or something, cracked my Netflix password. I got an email from Netflix. Hey, somebody logged in from Argentina. I went and changed the password. Okay, good. Now, and and there's an email address associated with that for Netflix. Well, now, because that password with that email address was found by somebody in Argentina, and it has been distributed throughout the, I guess, the dark web or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I get, I get all these spam emails that say, we have your password. They'll, they'll be yeah. to me. And they'll be from me. Of course, you know, you can, you can spoof the from email address of an email, um, and make it look like it's from anybody you want. So it's from me. And then it has my password, maybe in the, uh, subject line or something like that. But the scam is they say, we have hacked your computer. We have installed special software. Oh, you've been naughty looking at porn sites. And we have yeah. turned on your video camera. And we have camera of what you do while you're looking at your porn sites. And we're going to send it to all your friends if you don't send us Bitcoin. <laughs> and then they have a yeah, Bitcoin Yeah, I get those wallet. once in a while. I, yeah. I, I bet I bet these are the same guys that, that hacked the pipeline. Same don't kind of guys. Don't you think that's the same operation? Well, that only they really did... Hack the pipeline. They really did hack the pipeline. Yeah, I know that. That's, but I'm thinking like it's you know, the same probably, thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I get. Probably like I, I wonder how often that works. Of, like, like if there's oh, a guy the, who just doesn't understand internet and he just and figured he really out that he could look at porn, porn, and and, and, and suddenly it's like, oh, these oh people God. know what I did. He's got videos of of me, you know, watching porn yeah. and stuff. Okay. Well, <laughs> Okay, well, you know, first, 
First, don't watch porn. <laughs> yeah, that would be the second solution here. Um, so in Germany, the the animal welfare and rights in Germany, um, Bundestag, I guess that's a some kind of locality. Um, okay, they voted to ban the calling of male chicks. The calling. So in Germany, yeah. So it when like, you've got like, this call out to like to separate from a herd. Oh, calling. C U L. Yeah, C U L L. Okay. Um so, you know, you have say 10,000 chicks, you only want the hens because you're going to use them for laying eggs. So you just call out the males and I guess okay. I would think that they would just well, you sell them the raise them for me, right? I would, yeah. I would think they'd sell them for meat, but I guess okay, that doesn't yeah, happen all the time. Um, so what do they do with them? They just destroy them, I guess. Okay, so why is that a problem, though? I mean, they're just chickens. I don't know. Chick calling. Uh, this this agriculture minister, Julia Klockner, uh, sponsored the bill, said she did not consider chick calling to be ethically acceptable so don't call chicks in germany <laughs> no, no, chick calling. no chick calling in germany if you call guys chickens, it's okay but no call chickens chicks. that's right chickens have rights in germany <laughs> chicks have rights. Chicks have rights in Germany. <laughs> and it's not acceptable morally to call them. Um, so the, I yeah, guess there's said another calling male chicks. I thought you were, yeah. I thought you were talking about some kind of wolf whistle. Transvestites. Like, you're not allowed to give wolf whistles, wolf whistles to transvestites. <laughs> Dancers or something. But it's male chick calling, so you're not allowed giving wolf whistles to transvestites. Alright, whatever. The queens there are very angry at being whistled at. Um, So I guess the CNA Financial, uh, largest commercial insurer of the U.S., Reveals that it was, uh, it paid four million dollars to a group named Phoenix in, uh, for ransom. A group named, named what? CNA Financial. Oh, okay. It's an insurance, I guess. It, it, they insure companies. And, uh, yeah. so I, this is, uh, right now, uh, the Treasury Department is announcing that it is illegal to pay ransom to evil corp. Okay. Which is nobody allowed nobody's allowed to pay ransom to them. Yeah. I this whole thing is getting crazy. Um I don't know. I, I don't know what to it's, say. I think this is leading somewhere. I know. I I mean it's interesting to me. I it, it's like at, at some point somebody's going to Here's the problem that I From I'm now on we have to do this. And the government's going to take over and it's and it's going that's to be bad my, for that's everyone. What I'm, that's what I'm thinking. It's it's going to become a thing like, you know how like like the banks, you know, okay, they had problems, yeah. they failed back in you know 1890s, and then you know again, and and eventually we settled on the Federal Reserve, and then now we've got 
you know, with all this FDIC insurance and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and so there's all this, this centralized federal participation of banks. And I can see this happening on, you know, with regards to simply doing business on the internet. It's like, oh, the government's got to be involved in every kind of business you do on the internet or if you've got some kind of infrastructure that you use the internet for for your business you've got to do it through the government and what we're going to do is we're going to protect you we're going to sell you insurance against things like this happening but you have to participate which is going to make life so much worse for everybody okay i don't have a whole lot of stuff to ramble while you're making coffee you're out of coffee grounds oh i got one more pot I'm making a pot wow. now, and I got one more pot that I can well, make after that. Time to go get some in the it's morning. It's time to to walk over to Grandma's and borrow some more coffee. That's right. <laughs> uh, nice thing about living next door to Dad. You can go borrow yeah. some coffee whenever you want. Uh, protests break out across the U.S. Uh, oh, to what? mark the anniversary of the killing of George Floyd. Oh gosh. Seriously. Just, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to it's say. We, so silly. Yeah, it was just... Um, the U.S. Department of Agriculture announces that it will begin making $4 billion of loan forgiveness payments for 13,000 loans that were made to black, Hispanic, and indigenous farmers beginning in June. So we're oh, giving gosh. free money to black, Hispanic, and indigenous farmers. Um, you know what sucks about this? Um, more than the fact that we're paying people to be black or Hispanic or uh, indigenous. Indigenous, yeah. American Indian. I don't know why I keep saying indigenous. Um, right. But the fact is that these, I, I think most of these are not, it's like, it's not like here you have a farm, you grow peaches, and you had borrowed money to try to make your farm work, and we're going to forgive that we're money. Forgive it. Um, so that you can continue making peaches. Um, right. A lot of these farmers are subsidized, and farming has been so industrialized that there are very few actual farmers who produce things. A lot of people are just so paid are... to not produce. And from what I'm hearing, um, people are being threatened to, to lose their subsidies if they overproduce, if they don't throw away the food that they did produce. Oh, wow. And I don't know quite how this works. If you've got a, a 200 acre farm, you're paid subsidies to only farm a few acres of it. And then, if you overproduce that, you have to throw some of it away because the government is trying to manufacture a shortage here. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things the government does is it pays farmers to not farm, and it's, it's stupid. the The whole farming industry has changed so much since the seventies, sixties, seventies, and it's a real shame. And I was hoping Trump would kind of turn this around. And a lot of it was turned around by, it started to turn around by organic farming. But that's mm -hmm. being industrialized now too. Oh, it, right. It, and what happened was a lot of organic farmers figured out how to not pay, uh, taxes 
it wasn't taxes. It's, it's just that the government made it impossible for a small farmer to continue farming. And right. they figured ways around this in organic farming so that these small farmers could suddenly start doing it again. But the government got onto it and the FDA started making more and more regulations to target that. And now we're kind of back to where we were before. Uh, if you have land, if you don't accept the subsidies, I don't think you're going to make it as a farmer because yeah. they come after you and they shut you down. And I know people who this has happened to, but, um, but if you're a black Hispanic or American Indian farmer, we're going to get uh, money. you've got a little more bit money. easier now. So, yeah. Uh, oh, well, um, that's all I got. All right. Well, uh, I got a few things. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so a, uh, New York City councilwoman, uh, was found to, uh, be attending a meeting discussing legislation, video conferencing the meeting, uh, from her car while she was driving. Uh, okay. New York City Councilwoman Helen Rosenthal attended a finance committee hearing virtually on Tuesday while driving her car. Um, she began looking directly into the camera and then appeared to shit. Well, oh gosh, it's obvious that she's in her car. They've got the thing here. Yeah. Uh, appeared to shift her, uh, eyes to the road as she start, the car started moving, rotating her left hand, glancing to the right at one point. Well, of course. She says, we're not being That's honest when we talk do. about smaller class size if it doesn't come along with more, huh? Physical space. Okay, wait a minute. This, this quote to me is the nonsense news. We're not being honest when we talk about smaller class size if it doesn't come along with more physical space, she said, as her gaze shifted back and forth between the road and the video camera. She sounds like an idiot to me. Uh, smaller. when the car stopped, she turned to, Returned her gaze to the camera, then shifted her focus back to the road as the car continued forward. Um, Smaller class size <laughs> does not include space. more physical space. We're not not being honest about smaller class size if it doesn't come with more physical space. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. It's just a quote that she said while she was in her meeting. <laughs> Maybe because she was so she's driving and she's not concentrating on the meeting. And Must be. She's saying stupid things that don't make any sense. Must be. Must be. Because um, a smaller class see. size. But you I, know what? She, are they talking about school classes? Well, that's not what the really the or, story's really about. That's just one one quote. It's the only quote, and it's just like picked out and put there without any context. But she's going to hold a whole meeting from her car her, while her she's car. driving. But the thing is, she's not a very good driver. Since 2013, her license plate uh, has racked up 62 traffic violations, including six tickets for speeding. Yeah, so in in the last eight years. That's almost. I can't eight even per imagine year. that. That's that's like one more. That's more than one every other month, and it includes three tickets for speeding in school zones in 2020. Well, 2020 nobody went to school, so what do you mean by a school zone? Um, I wonder if also uh, these... ticketed for running a red light, and most recent was for parking in a commercial zone. It'd have been funny if she had the meeting and then got pulled over. 
during the meeting, and I don't know. It, but how do you even get that many tickets? I, if I get one ticket, it's a huge deal. I know. I feel like, oh my gosh, I just you know let my whole family. I, I have down to give someone like that. Yeah, sixty bucks or a hundred fifty bucks or whatever it is, and it's like this is terrible. Plus, if it's a moving violation, the the increase in insurance. Yeah, there's that too. But I wonder if these are tickets where it's like you get pulled over and the cops says, "Well, yeah, I'm going to give you a ticket," and or if it's like, I mean, don't they have a lot of like in New York like cameras set up to where they take I a got picture the impression of you that a lot running of a red light, that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and I wonder it, if it, she just kind of whitewashes that since she's a councilwoman. It's <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, and then I guess it's a bigger problem. Generally, uh, it says le- legislating from the car has become popular among New York City Council members in the pandemic, even for those who ostensibly promote alternative modes of transportation. And I guess some of these council members they. They are pushing for um, policies, you know, like that would make it cheap, um, harder to park and more expensive to drive. Basically trying to yeah. say, hey, let's 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 artificially reduce the amount of driving in New York City by making, you know, reducing parking spaces, making it more yeah. expensive to drive, stuff like that. And yet these are the people who are, you know, driving around in their cars while they're holding meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, uh, there's just so much, I mean, I, hypocrisy. I brought up the, uh, <laughs> the, the stupid train that they put in here at Cincinnati. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just little things like that. It, it, these cities, they do the dumbest things and it, mm-hmm. it never works out for them. It never helps anything. It always makes everything worse, and yet they continue to do it. And then they right. have meetings while they're on their phone, and yeah, then yeah. <laughs> or driving. And it's like it's bad enough people who, when people talk while they're driving. I really think it's it's like you know if you're not smart enough to make it in the real world, you go into government. You, you, yeah, you, you run for office. That I think that's how it works. If you're not smart enough to cut it in the real world, go run for office. The thing is, a lot of these people are, you know, the, the accusation against capitalism is that if you're, especially by communists and, uh, socialists, is that if you're born into money, then that money continues with you. And it doesn't, it's not because you made the money. It's not because you made smart decisions and did well with it. Or you come up with a product and marketed it and did all the work. It's because you were lucky enough to get born into this situation. But that is exactly the situation in all of politics. Yeah. You find out all these people are are related to each other somehow. Or they they went to a certain school and... That's what the Democrats are. Yeah, the entire party. Historically in America... The Democrat versus Republican divide is old money Democrat versus new money Republican. The Republicans were the ones who who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, worked the capitalist system, and made their fortunes. The Democrats are the ones that inherited their money. Yeah, and it's still that way. And it's like that way is never going to go away. All right. So have, have you ever dated a girl 
and and as you're you know considering asking her out made part of your decision making process a consideration of what kinds of guys she dated before you uh if if she dated uh tough guys who continued to pursue her then i might think about it Oh, like, like, because they might come after you. Like, I don't want to get beat up just because I want to yeah. date this girl. Well, this guy, uh, in the UK, um, decided that he couldn't trust his girlfriend anymore because he found out that some of her exes were ugly. And because some of her exes were ugly, ugly he decided... How would he yeah, know that? Ugly. I, well, apparently he saw some of her old boyfriends. I don't know. Maybe he. Yeah, no, her, but her, I, if her I saw old boys, I wouldn't know if they're ugly. Or Whether a boy's I, ugly or not. I guess not. there's there's a sense. You know of, what? Okay, this is. It, it but I'm not a good judge on he that. He himself is a pretty boy. You know, how pretty boys are that. So you that's probably you what it is. See, probably a pretty boy. You see guys who, uh, we all see this and we all notice it. You see a guy with this beautiful woman on his arm and you're thinking i just don't get this how does this guy pick up girls all the time and you you meet guys like that and it's like for some reason they do really well with women and it makes me think i don't really know what's attractive in a guy i just don't know but i and i think that is the case i really don't know because i never see a woman who gets a lot of men going after her, and I never think, how is she doing that? How does she get this many guys? I already know when I look at her, you know? Yeah. So I, I really just don't understand what women find attractive in men, and I would never look at a girlfriend's past men and think, uh, well, he's ugly, uh, so I'm not going to date her. I couldn't even imagine that. Right. So anyway. I did not date a girl once because... <laughs> She had a a big boyfriend who was pursuing every guy who even looked at her, and she was trying to get rid of him, and she wanted to start going with a me. I was like, would, look, I, yeah. I don't want to fight this guy. You're, you're just not worth it. I mean, yeah, I don't know what to say. If you were really, really beautiful, I maybe I would do it, but you're just not all that. So... I'm not getting beat up for you, and this guy could probably beat me up, so... Yeah. Well, this guy's like, well, gee, some of your exes are ugly, so you must not have very good judgment, so I'm going to break up with you. <laughs> well, wouldn't that mean that he's ugly? That's what I'm thinking. Maybe that, that was his problem. Maybe he's, like, really, really insecure, and he's like, oh, my gosh, is that how she sees me, that I'm ugly, ugly like these other people? But, you know, like, like you said, I mean... What guy looks at another guy and thinks of him in terms of ugly or not? Anyway. All right. Uh, let's see. So, um, okay, rounding up the girlfriend uh, thing. Um, how often do you check? You know what? Here's the thing. For a guy, this is kind of like one of those duh things. Like, okay, you've got to be so stupid to think this is going to work because... Of how guys use the toilet. I guess, I guess guys who are uncouth maybe don't put the seat up, um, when they're, you know, going, but most guys, what? you put the seat up and you go, this girl, uh, she was cheating on her man. Boyfriend was out of town, 
But she didn't tell him she had a boyfriend, but he discovered she had a boyfriend. And so what he decided was, you know what, I'm going to get back at her. She shouldn't be cheating on him and she shouldn't be two-timing with me. He left a note under the toilet seat, put it down. Because she's never never going to lift the toilet toilet seat. As soon as her boyfriend got in, lifted the toilet seat. Boom, there it is. Okay. That's a good plan. <laughs> yeah. So it just shows right. you she should clean her toilet a little bit more often. She's Yeah, maybe she's that's messy. Uh, <laughs> she's not very good at cleaning. That's right. She doesn't clean her apartment often in her house or whatever it is. Okay. Alright, my last one is not actually a, a I can't link to a news story. This is just really weird. Um, I have a, a sort of kind of explanation that I only half believe. Um, it's, it's almost a Walmart story. Um, but it's not in the news. It's something that my son told me. So my son was, uh, visiting his girlfriend in Illinois and at their, he, he needed a shirt for mass the next morning. So he went to Walmart to buy one and he got out of the Walmart and got into the parking lot and, and was getting into his car and next to him was parked this pickup truck that there were these two kids in. One he said he thinks was maybe about four or five, the other one maybe seven or eight. And they were like pounding on the window like trying to get his attention and stuff. And he's like, are you okay? Are you, you know, in trouble? Do you need help or anything like that? And they were just kind of pounding but not answering him or anything. So he thought, okay, yeah. they're just messing with me. So he got in his car and he was starting to drive away, but he noticed in his rearview mirror that one had climbed over the seat into the front part and was kind of pounding and motioning him to try to get him to come back. So he pulled around into a parking spot uh, next to him and got out. He was asking him, you know, are you okay? And one of them, either it was already down or one of them managed to get a window like part of the way down and they said something about being trapped. And then they started saying, oh, they're coming back. You got to get out of here. So, yeah. Like, so anyway, okay. around that time, he looked around and noticed that all the, around him in the parking lot, there were cars that were beeping. Like, like regular routine, you know, like periodic yeah beeping their horns and he's like what what's going on here and so he said okay something is really weird here uh he got he didn't know what to do so he got in his car and drove away and and then he called me afterwards because he's thinking is is there something i should have done you should like call the cops and tell them about this or anything like that so here's the only thing i can think of and this is the that's the kind of thing that would only happen at a walmart i think he's gonna Um, say bees the kids I, I think there were two unrelated incidents that happened. Uh, one of them is that these two kids, they like to mess with strangers. And so their mom would go into Walmart and shop, yeah. and then they would start messing with strangers. And then they thought their mom might be coming back, so the, hey, they're coming back, you got to get out of here. It was because you got to get out of here so that you won't tell on us. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense all by itself. The other thing, yeah. with all the beeping... The only thing I can come up with, and and it's actually his girlfriend that suggested this, but it's the only thing that makes sense to me, is that there was a some kind of, I, I mean, I can't imagine how he wouldn't have felt it, but some kind of, you know, uh, 
low-grade earthquake that tripped a bunch of car alarms in the parking lot. You know what my thought was? What's that? Uh, bees. The swarm of bees. Making the cars beep? Well, I don't know about the cars beeping. Maybe other people were in their cars beeping at them saying, you need to get in your car. Oh, and the kids, that's why they didn't roll the windows down. They might be coming back. You need to get out of here. Yeah. I guess that's it. You know what? Let me, let me look for a real quick, uh, or, uh, or the news about bees in Illinois. There was a thick mist and inside that mist were all kinds of strange monsters and they were afraid he was going to get stung by one of these, one of these big monster things and it would kill him. So they were telling him to get out of here, but they were hoping he would take them with them, but. <laughs> well, there's a bee swarm lands at Illinois Sheriff's Office. That's uh, last summer. But I could imagine. I mean, if, if there's a group of bees, and then how how young were the kids in this car? Like five and eight. Okay. He he thinks. Yeah. So they're scared, and they're like, "My mom's in the store, but um, we're trapped in this car." And then suddenly they realize he's getting out of the car to help us. But if they come back, he's going to get stung. That would be... But I don't know. that Bees don't do that. You know what I mean? I mean why would bees swarm a Walmart parking killer, lot? Killer bees. <laughs> Remember the stories about killer bees when we were young? Yeah, I, it was like... I know, and I've seen You imagine this stuff. giant group of bees that were just traveling from person to person, stinging them all to death. For per, for the That's what I had in them. mind. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm going to have to tell them that. That'll, that'll creep them out. I, that's, that was my first guess. As a matter of fact, I leaned into the microphone and I said, I think he's going to say bees when you came up with your explanations. I think mine's oh, better. Okay. <laughs> I've got a nonsense. Well, okay. Thing. Yours is more, let's go with this. Yours is more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about Pope Francis's, uh, when was this written? This is back in April. The Pope Francis's painting that he put behind his desk. Painting? Yeah. Like he painted something or he bought a painting? Well, he didn't paint it. He bought a painting that he was very inspired by. Uh oh. The, it I shows a nude, a nude Jesus kind of caressing and taking care of the dead body of Judas. That's so stupid. So the, the thought is as soon as Jesus rises from the dead he goes and finds the uh the body of G- of Judas who had hung himself and takes him down and and uh i don't know what forgives him i mean as if I, the That's whole so thing stupid. is stupid but i i i can't even describe how stupid cuz it's stupid on so many different levels yeah that's that's just stupid that there's not a level of which it's, it's not stupid Aside from being stupid, it's just outright offensive. Yeah. That yeah. this is in our Vatican. It's just disgusting. Um, again, what, what, what do you say? This is our Pope. And he's having meetings right now, and some people are afraid that what's going to come out of these meetings is a ban on the Latin Mass. And yeah, I, I've, I've it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's actually, I should have talked about this in the news, but... Uh, there's some well, kind of meeting going on. Happens, though. Yeah, I know. 
There's a meeting going on. This is after that questionnaire that we brought up last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. We don't know. There, He could do it. He could come out and say no more Latin masses, period. He could yeah. do that. Um, he has the authority to do it. And we have the... Um, every priest out there has the charge to obey him. Right. That's what's disturb- most disturbing about all of this and it is not evidence if that if that happened it would not be evidence that this is not the true church it would just be evidence that the church has been infiltrated but this is still god's church and yeah uh, it stinks the whole thing stinks it's terrible well we'll pray that doesn't happen (laughs) yeah definitely sincerely all right, I don't uh, have any more news. I don't either. Okay. Okay. I well, guess uh, think about what we said, and we will see you next week. And as always, keep circling them beads. Bye, folks. Bye, everyone.